Our scripture reading for this morning is from the book of 1 John, chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. May the blessings of the Lord be added to his word. Let us pray. Father, it's good to come into your house to worship you. And Lord, as we reflect on your divine love for each one of us. It's with hearts of gratitude, Father, for the warmth of love that you extend to us. And as we approach this subject today, Father, bless us with your spirit, give us further understanding, and Father, touch and move our hearts that we might receive your love in a greater capacity, that we might share it with others. Bless us, Father, we ask in Christ's precious name. Amen. It was just a few weeks ago that I was driving in my car. I have to tell you something about my car. It's not my car of old, the first car I had. When I got in the first car that I had, there was one driver. When I drive my current car, I have three drivers in my car. It comes complete with the driver in the passenger seat, my lovely wife, and Siri, who is there to give me directions when my wife is missing. As we're traveling down the five quite often, my wife occasionally reminds me that my car would be happier in the lane next to me. And somehow, mysteriously, it just kind of automatically finds its way over there. And it's smiling all the way it's traveling. If it doesn't change lanes, the car's not smiling, and the driver's not smiling in the passenger seat. I was on my way home. It, it's kind of a mystery to me how that works. I was on my way home by myself in my car. Siri wasn't turned on. So I said to myself, this is good. I'm on my way home. When I thought I heard an unrecognizable voice. And it said, turn right into Ralph's. And I didn't re quite recognize the voice. It was one of my sweet tooths talking to me. The car turned right. It was happier as it pulled in 
to the parking lot. It said, go to the ice cream aisle. I immediately proceeded to the ice cream aisle. And it said, remember that cup at home that you have? It's empty. And it will smile much bigger if you pick out some ice cream. Now there is a great mystery and a problem that had to be approached. But since there was only one voice making that decision, it wasn't too hard. But the analytical piece went through my mind. Do I go for quantity or do I go for quality? So let me ask you today, how many of you would go for quality to put in your cup? How many of you would go for quantity? Oh, we've got just a couple. I had that struggle before and I heard it, I heard it put by somebody. When it comes to ice cream, none of this quantity and quality. I want quantity when I want it. So since it had been quite a while, quantity won out. But I had a struggle. There were so many different kinds. There's Ben and Jerry's, there's plain vanilla, there's chocolate chip, there's Rocky Road, and there's more than I can list today. There's butterscotch, butter pecan, strawberry pineapple, three stripes, six flavors, small, medium, and large. I finally settled on quantity that should last me because I tra- I've traded in the tablespoon for the teaspoon. So if I get the large size, it should be about several months supply. Properly baked, it went home and in the freezer. I was doing very well until the other voice in my house found the ice cream. And all of a sudden it was on an accelerated, it was on an accelerated depletion schedule. Somehow, I knew where I left off, but it was being depleted, much to somebody else's delight as well. There are serious mysteries in the universe, and there are less serious mysteries in the universe, aren't there? And the one I just talked about was kind of less serious this morning, but it sort of illustrates a point that we all have different ideas and different taste buds and different appreciations for different things in life that have nothing to do with right or wrong, but has more so to do with the family we grew up in. For you see, if the family you grew up in served chocolate ice cream, what would be your favorite ice cream more likely than not? Chocolate. If you grew up in Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes and as many dairies, you would appreciate just about any ice cream and all kinds of flavors. The more butter content, the better. The smoother, the better. And you start nuancing. But in the time that I grew up, there was kind of one flavor. That was plain vanilla. Some of you of my generation remember the original ice cream was just plain vanilla. And if it was homemade, all the better. 
But today, I would guess that if I asked you if you were picking out what kind of ice cream for your cup, we would have many different flavors today that would slide across our tongue and cause our tongue to shout with glee for tones in our mouth. And we would be pleased with a great variety. I want to turn our thoughts for just a few moments to a couple things of the universe that have a greater impact on our life and more serious mysteries. You see, one of the greater, uh, greater things that we might look at, the greater mysteries, is what, what would rank highest in our causes of death in society today. CDC reports that for the first time ever, more people have lost their lives as a result of death by firearms than in automobile accidents. The number one was poisoning, accidental poisoning. The number two at 33,804 were firearm deaths. And the third was motor vehicle deaths. Now, one can, one can ask yourself and ponder for just a moment. It's a serious thing, the amount of people that are killed on the highways. And if we could figure out the reason why, maybe we could do something about it. Two million people are injured each year. $200 billion worth of property damage are done as a result of motor vehicle accidents. And they're not real difficult to figure out. Two cars can't occupy the same space at the same time. And so when people get in a hurry and they collide in intersections, somebody's going to get hurt, property damage is going to be done. One out of four accidents. Do you know what one out of four accidents, what the primary cause is? Any idea, any guess? What? Exactly, distracted driving. The number one cause, one out of four minor and serious incidents, incidences is texting while driving. Now, if you want to be on a campaign to cut down the number of highway deaths, turn your phone off. Put it in the back seat. Remember the days that you could wait until you got to your destination? It's not worth dying for. Not a difficult, it's a practical piece. It's not a difficult solution. Over half of the accidents that result in fatalities, alcohol is involved. I'm glad, to, I'm glad that the group that I'm, uh, is here today won't have that issue. Want to cut down on half of the fatalities. Don't drink and drive. Some of the difficult things have easy or easier answers. Some of the mysteries are easily unlocked. I'd like to go to scriptures today because I want to take us to a mystery that's a little more difficult and a little more sensitive to talk about. It's a second part to a message that we started last week. Last week we looked at God's audacious love for us. Today we'll look at the audacious love that we ought to 
have for one another. That we ought to be able to share in such a way that other people are blessed when they're in our presence. But you say, oh, pastor, I just love everybody and everybody loves me. Well, we're going to find out. We're going to explore that concept just a little bit. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God's love abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. So loving well is our subject today, and I believe it consists of three parts. One is listening, the second is learning, and the third is loving. Not real difficult, is it? Let's see. Listening, learning, and loving. Oftentimes, we take the third and our abilities to do that for granted. And we skip the first two. I'm a loving person. Why would I need to listen to what somebody's going to tell me? I already know, or so I think. And while they're talking, I'm thinking about how I'm going to answer. Because I can solve that problem. Guys, if you're not listening, I'm going to go to meddling here. And I'd like you to listen. When you do that... The person on the other side of the conversation usually doesn't need fixing. Guys are great fixers. They fix everything around the house, and sometimes it doesn't even call for a pro to come in and do it right a second time. And they just like to fix things. But some conversations are not about Fixing things. Listening. What was the second piece? Learning. Learning. What was the third piece? (coughs) Loving. It seems to me that one of the mysteries of loving is that we have to do some things first. We must listen and we must learn and understand the story and the unspoken need. And what's being expressed, because words are only part of that expression before we seek to love. There's another piece that comes in, kind of comes into play. There's a book written a number of years ago, Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. It's almost as if they talk different languages. Do you know what I'm talking about? Guys, have you ever found yourself talking to, talking to her and she's saying, no, that's not what I'm talking about. And she tells you the same story four times and you just don't get it. Now, I'd ask your wife if that ever happens, but I want to protect the innocent. It just happens that way, doesn't it? We seem to be in two different languages. It almost seems that 
One is on the AM band and the other is on the FM band. One is speaking male and the other is speaking female. And they cross like this. It's a great mystery. So how can we unravel some of that and resolve a little bit of that today? I'd like to share with you Dr. Gary Chapman has written an interesting book, and I'm appreciative of his outline. It's entitled The Five Love Languages. So I'm going to ask you today, what is your, pri- <clears throat> what is your primary love language? We all have one. We all have a love cup. He refers to it as a love tank. A void in our life. God created us to love. The essence of God is love. He created us as beings who need to be loved and need to express love. And we all receive it and we all express it in different ways. He suggests one of the love languages is words of appreciation. Words of appreciation. Proverbs says about words of appreciation, that they should be kind, that we should learn to control our tongue, to build people up. Proverbs 17.1 says, Better is a dry morsel and quietness with it than a house full of fasting with strife. <laughs> Did you catch that picture? Better is just a, a couple of small pieces of oatmeal than all of the food that you can place on a banquet table in a house full of strife. Words of appreciation. Verse 4 says, An evil de- a doer listens to wicked lips. A liar pays attention to destructive tongue. He who mocks the poor taunts his maker. He who rejoices at calamity will not go unpunished. I'd invite you to read Proverbs 17 in its, in its entirety. He who restrains his word has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Listen, friends, even a, even a fool, when he or she is silent, is considered wise. When he closes his lips, He is considered prudent. Have you you ever been in one of those discussions that goes from a very soft, quiet discussion until just the right button has been pressed and somehow you get a little bit more passionate about it? Do you know what I'm talking about? Your spouse, your best friend, your mom, your dad brings up the topic and you're doing so well at listening until they say just the wrong thing. And you just can't be silent any longer because the way that you remember the event was significantly different. And after all, you are innocent of all the charges being leveled against you. It's probably never happened to you. 
It's just something that I draw myself into on a regular basis. Somehow, I just can't be silent. But Proverbs says, when you exercise that silence, even the foolish man is thought wise, rather than at those times to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Proverbs tells us there's a time to speak. There's a time to be silent. It also tells us, I'm just going to share a few Proverbs with you, haughty eyes and a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood are not blessed of God. Proverbs 10.20, a tongue of the righteous is as a silver, uh, as a choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. The mouth of the righteous flows with wisdom, but the perverted tongue will be cut out. The tongue is wise and brings healing. Truthful lips will be established forever, but a lying tongue is only for a moment. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of, mouth of fools spouts folly. A soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse one crushes the spirit. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Listen to this pithy one. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Words of affirmation. Some people's love cup is void of words of affirmation. Words that will speak life. Words that will be kind. Words that will bring them hope. Words that will draw them to Christ. A gentle answer, Proverbs says, a a gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle word at the appropriate time, a humble word, a soft answer will turn around a relationship. Second thing that uh, is mentioned in the language of love is that of quality time, spending quality time, a time that's an undivided conversation. A time of perhaps walking together, listening, doing things together, a quiet meal. A time of focused attention. Sometimes we get so busy in life, we mean to connect. But it's work, it's kids, it's this, it's that. And we come screeching in at the end of 14 hours. How was your day? Fine. All right, see you in the morning. And it goes day after day after day. And one heart grows quieter in more distance and disconnected. And unraveling and unfolding and unpacking that mystery of why that golf, a simple lack of quality time. So I challenge you sometime today, seek out some quality time. Have the conversation. Ask your spouse, how do you feel about the quality of time and the quantity of time that we spend together? 
The third piece that he suggests in the languages of love is receiving of gifts. Receiving of gifts. Doesn't have to be expensive gifts. It's not the cost of the gift. It's the thoughtfulness of gifts. I, I came close on this one, guys. It was Friday. Let's see. Last week, Sunday was what? Oops, some of you. I heard some ladies' voices there. I hope that the men remembered. I was driving across town, and it dawned on me. I had a flight out Saturday night. In, let's see. Now, ice cream is one thing. Flowers are another. When I shop, it's in like this. Give me what I need, and I'm out the door. But when I pick out flowers, I try to think and put a little thought into it. So they had the standard red roses. They had the yellow ones. They had the white ones. And there's just something about roses. So it was red, but it wasn't red and white. It was um, white with pink and a little red red thing around the, the corner edges. Now, I have to tell you, my wife is artistic. She has an artistic side to her. She likes to draw. So I said, no red for her. Too plain. Red and green, nope. Okay, flowers in. Let's go. So I, I said, that was close. I, was, I only had a, another five minutes, and that wouldn't have happened. It's not always the cost of the gift, but it's receiving gifts. How do, you, how do you feel when you receive that gift that somebody put a little extra thought into? And it was just the right thing for you. Gary tells a story of uh, Kelsey and Eric. He had been wanting to date Kelsey for well over a year. He hung out in the distance of her life. Until after a year's time in the friendship mode, he said, will you go to a baseball game with me? She said, yes. You know, it was something, why not? You know, a good friend asked you to go to the baseball game. It was a home run in the third inning. The ball came sailing over the fence. He caught it barehanded, the first one he had ever caught. He put it in his pocket. They had a delightful time. Popcorn. Chatted after the game. Can we do it again? On the third date, he took something out of her pocket. He took something out of his pocket to give to her. On the side of that home run league ball, it said... First home run ball caught. Second best thing, being with you and home run ball caught. He gave it to her. A year later, they were married. It is those little pieces that causes us to remember the significant pieces in our life. It's not the cost it's the remembering and receiving of gifts. For some love cups, that's in their family of origin the way that they expressed love. The last or the next one is acts of service. Acts of service is pretty straightforward. There's something about coming home and saying, Dear, what can I help you with? 
Ladies, do you hear that often enough? What can I help you with? Men, do you hear that often enough out in your garage? Your wife comes out and says, Dear, what can I help you with? Can I sweep the garage floor? How about if a uh, change in the oil? Can I handle, hand you the tools, dear? Can I bring you something to drink? Little acts of service. There's nothing like coming home and seeing your spouse having worked all day taking care of the kids. Not, uh, you know, it's been one thing after another. Picking up the toys, somebody's been injured, off to the doctor, picking up the groceries, doing the wash, doing the laundry, and just simply coming in. What can I do for you today, dear? Now, when I go home and find those words on the refrigerator, I will know where she got them. Here's the list. We have a honeydew list that's on the refrigerator. And I make it a point of trying to go down that as quickly as possible. And if I get one or two, I'm pretty good. But little tiny acts of service. Unraveling expressions of love through our acts of service. The last one he suggests is the aspect of expressing ourselves not only through words of appreciation, quality time, receiving gifts, and acts of service, but the actual physical touch, the holding of hands, as appropriately, if you're married, uh, the kissing and the expressions. And it's the connecting and expressing ourselves, filling the emotional love cup. So I challenge you today, It's kind of a mystery, isn't it, when you stop and think about it? But we were created with this complexity inside of us that none of us love or love to be loved exactly like anybody else. But it's a unique mystery that if we'll take the time to listen, to learn, we will love better, and more deeply. I would mention just a little bit of a mystery today, and then I'm going to close. Did you notice the picture on the front of our bulletin? And you said, what has that got to do with the subject? I scratch my head too. Amy is an amazing person pulling things off the web. And I just tell her the topic, and she pulls something off the web. And she does a delightful, excellent job. And I got the first draft on my iPad. And I scratched my head a little bit and I said, Amy, I'm not sure I'm seeing this picture correctly. It's rather dark on my iPad. Can you share with me a little bit of the background of the picture? She said, oh, that's easy, Pastor. I thought to myself, this is a bit of a mystery at first. She says, she said, that's Pluto. And it's a picture of Pluto. One of the very first pictures. And if you notice on the bottom, what's the shape? It's a heart. Made perfect sense. After I made the inquiry, the mystery was solved. We can love better. When we just take the time to listen, to learn, and to love. Beloved, if God so loved us, 
we ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Let us pray. Father, as we have gathered here to worship you, we've done so with thankful hearts. And Father, we've done so humbly as we've come before you. Make us more aware. Make us more willing. Give us a greater humility to listen to learn, and to love. That we will be attentive to be able to fill each other's love cups in ways that, will, that they will overflow with love that comes from you first and foremost, but flows through us. That your love might abound in our lives, in our homes, and in the spheres of influence through which we travel. We ask in Christ's precious name. Amen. Father, you have filled our hearts with your audacious love. And Father, as we go forth from this place, may that love flow out of our hearts and into our homes. That our homes and our lives might be expressions of the audacious love that we have for you, that we have for our spouses, that we have for our children. May that be the experience of this week as you bless us with your spirit. We ask in Christ's precious name. Amen. Amen.